good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. <clears throat> Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Karagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. And we discuss local and national Native news and events. And as you know, Haley, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. You're right, Dega. This episode of Native Ritz Radio is presented in partnership with Little Moments Count, Little Moments Count is a statewide collaborative focused on helping parents and caregivers learn about the importance of brain development in the first three years of life. Yeah, nearly 80% of brain growth happens in the first thousands, uh, day, thousand days. And small moments of interaction like talking, playing, reading, and singing help create the pathways that build a child's brain during this early stage of life. For more information, you can visit at littlemomentscount.org. And we're really excited. Uh, you know, last time we had uh, Little Moments Count on, we were uh, it was a rock and roll show, and I'm looking forward to this too. And I see uh, Melanie Anderson there. And Melanie, welcome to Native Roots Radio. Good, good evening. How are you? Good. And there's Chris. Uh, who? And I just want to uh, touch on your uh, bio here, Melanie, in a little bit. And is uh, uh, you are developing a program called Now and Zen uh, through the Indigenous Parent Leadership Initiative, pro- a community project. Now and Zen is a logo, mindfulness, and meditation program for white earth youth ages 12 to 17. And uh, that's uh, exciting. And I know there's someone down here in the cities who does that all over the nation, uh, uh, Lotus uh, Lotus Yoga, and she is just uh, it, she said that it saved her life learning yoga, and uh, so that's really cool to, that you're reaching out to the the young ones or the middle young ones uh, about this great uh, activity that can really help you um, spiritually and and all those good ways. And 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 I want to say, hey, Chris, uh, welcome. And Chris, you're a facilitator. Uh, you're originally from Pine Point and are an enrolled citizen of White Earth Nation and have worked uh, for 15 years with the White Earth RBC in various positions in education, ICW, and mental health. Your passion and throughout your career has been to, uh, you know, to reach out to parents in education's parents pay, play the most important role of, of our young ones. And we've talked about that many times here on uh, Native Ritz Radio about how important it is for our parents to uh, support their young ones and, uh, in many ways. And so great to have you on. And uh, I want to throw this question out here uh, is, you know, what is the Indigenous Parent Leadership Initiative? Who would like to answer that for me? I can answer that. Um, Thank you for having me again. The Indigenous Parent Leadership Initiative, it's a nationally accredited and evidence-based parenting leadership curriculum that's culturally infused and customized to empower our tribal communities. And I think that's the neatest part about it. Um, It came about through the Community Solutions Grant and the Minnesota Department of Health. They partnered with Indigenous Visioning and the National Parent Leadership Institute, um, White Earth Nation, Dr. Antine Schreier, and support from the Northwest Minnesota Foundation to bring the Indigenous Parent Leadership Initiative to Native Country. It's a free 20-week program. Um, It integrates child development, leadership, democracy skills, and our Ojibwe culture into a parent curriculum to to empower our parents' voice. So the first 10 weeks of it will focus on self-perception with a focus on the differences, the parents' voice, their values, their family and community strengths. And then the last 10 weeks is a study on how these changes occur within our educational, tribal, state, federal, and our local governments. 
Is that the the self uh, uh, analysis that you were talking about? Is is that the the final outcome of how we think about ourselves, or how do, how does that work, Chris? Um, so, I'm not sure what you mean by self analysis. Well, we I, th I think you said the what did you call it the self uh, per perception. Um, oh, their self perception exactly. Yeah. It's it's more on how they they see themselves as a parent, and mm. how important their role is a parent in the community. Because a lot of times we hear, "Well, I'm just a parent." You know, it's like empowering them to realize that you are the parent. You have that power and that strength, and you need that confidence to find your voice to make these changes in the community for your family and most importantly for our children. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's big time. Hey, I want to, you know, ask, uh, uh, Melanie a, a little bit here, Melanie, what is, uh, the community project and how is it helping the youth in the white earth uh, community? And, uh, what do you hope to accomplish there? And, uh, welcome again to native Ritz radio. Yeah. So, um, I, interviewed for the Indigenous Parenting Leadership Initiative back in, gosh, November, December of 21. So it was just coming out of COVID. Um, I worked for White Earth Mental Health um, through White Earth, and I saw a, a huge need in our kids um, that just needed to get moving and get out of the house and um, and then coming back to school, they were so scattered and um, not able to focus, not able to concentrate. And I wanted to, and part of my job at, at the Bagley High School um, where I work is to teach kids skills. And so it was like perfect. And mm -hmm. I did some research, um, I wanted a, Native American program, yoga program to go through. Um, there wasn't any available at the time. And I found this Breathe for Change program, uh, which is for educators and community members. And their values just like hit home for me. It was um, breathe for beginnings, breathe for compassion, breathe for gratitude, breathe for communication, breathe for social justice, um, breathe for playfulness, just all of these different things. And I just, it was a great fit, a great match. And I'm so glad that that I completed the program. So I am a, a 200 hour yoga teacher. And within the Breathe for Change program, they also had um, social emotional learning and so I am able to facilitate those types of groups too for kids in the community. Yeah, I mean that uh, the stretching and uh, the things that it's just good medicine. You know, I I'm 62 now and I need to stretch all the time. But I mean, the young ones that get into get involved with that, you can do a lot of things. You can run faster. Mm -hmm. You get that uh, those those poisonous things out of your muscles and. Uh, you can think better, and it's it's a really, uh, I I think it's a great idea and a pr pretty brilliant, Melanie. Yeah, and also, uh, what is it, uh, Indigenous Lotus? She's actually one of my role models. <laughs> yeah, she's uh she's out there doing it, and uh, not to get deep in her story, but you know, she was a troubled teen, and mm -hmm. uh, she talks about how it saved her life. So I, I buy in and she's still doing it. It isn't a flash in the pan. So yeah, definitely uh, got to give, uh, give her a shout out. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, uh, yeah. we're, we're here, we're here talking to Melanie Anderson and Chris Manning, and we're talking a, a, a little about yoga, a little about our young ones. And, you know, we're talking in partnership with Little Moments Count of what's going on here in Minnesota and uh, specifically here with White Earth and we're excited so we'll be right back uh, after this short message you're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake Stay with us Hey 
Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Life is a journey, and the Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas will help you get where you want to go. Located in downtown Minneapolis, this affordable two-year college provides free textbooks, a laptop, meals, career coaches, and a metro transit pass, making DFC the perfect pathway to a bachelor's degree. Turn your dreams into reality at Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas. Apply today at dfc.stthomas.edu. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Unwanted sexting or photos, inappropriate jokes, even tickling or wrestling can feel like a violation. Catcalling, cornering, or groping, getting them drunk or high for sex, recording sexual acts without permission, hurting someone because of their sexual orientation, ripping a family member, a child, a date, a friend, a stranger, purchasing a human being for sex. You make the choice every single time. Sexual violence is many things. Make a choice. Do not do it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, this portion of the show is supported by Little Moments Count. That's right. Little Moments Count is a statewide collaborative focused on helping parents and caregivers learn about the importance of brain development in the first three years of life. And we're talking uh, to Melanie Anderson and Chris Manning, and we are getting down to the brass tacks of this, Chris. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about what is the Indigenous Foundation curriculum, and let's uh, bring that back up to our, our listeners that might not know. The Indigenous Foundations curriculum is um, offered through a cultural lens and it acknowledges our Anishinaabe identity, the effects of our historical trauma due to the boarding school area. And each week there's a a different teaching that's offered along with the NPLI curriculum. It's a journey of healing, of transformation, We talk about the Ojibwe values, the teachings, the language, the healthy traditional lifestyle for the participants. And it is compromised um, by the seasons, by the Ojibwe calendar. So what we taught during the fall and what we taught during the spring kind of correlates between those teachings. Uh, It is what I really liked about the Indigenous curriculum um, that was developed by Anton Troyer is that we were able to customize that to what our participants needed, what they wanted. Um, And we were able to take one section and make it our own. Um, So instead of having maybe 15, 20 minutes just devoted to historical trauma, we made that into our own session. So that was a full two hour session. We talked about epigenetics. We talked about historical trauma, the boarding schools. We talked about hope, you know, the, the changes that we can make, the, the importance of having those healthy relationships, the healthy environments. Uh, we also did a, like a healing ceremony along with that. So at the end of that session, because it was really a very powerful and emotional session, we had the participants write letters to either their grandparents that were affected by boarding school, 
their parents or even to the children that were not able to come home and kind of what changes that they as parents are going to make to keep their traditions alive, to keep our culture alive, not only for those that weren't able to make it home, but for them and their future generations. So it was a very powerful and moving session. Wow, that is powerful. Just to, just to hear it sounds so powerful. Uh, Melanie, what, uh, what do you hope uh, to accomplish through this whole process of yoga and, um, and reaching out to the young ones and working on their development in a good way? Well, I, I see that our kids have experienced a lot of trauma. Um, and so I hope to get kids better able to process some of that stuff through releasing that trauma in our body. Um, mm -hmm. because it is stored there. And I would like to move forward and do some trauma-informed yoga stuff with, with the kids. So um, I am looking at that and completing my 300-hour yoga teacher training. Yeah, you're absolutely work. right. You're absolutely right about that. Uh, it, so many studies have shown that that is a big thing that we store our trauma and our hurt in our bodies and uh, um, I mean, years ago, I had healing work done on me, and uh, the person said, I think it was a Reiki person, was saying that she felt, you know, there was a pain in my heart, you know, and those are those are real things that uh, mm -hmm. that we need to take care of as young and uh, or at any age, but hopefully as a young age, so we don't carry that with us forever. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, how is your project, uh, Melanie, how is your project funded? Uh, so going through IPLI, um, we were given a, a grant. And so I used that. I also did a, a, a GoFundMe page and was able to come up with some funding there. And then I paid the difference because it was kind of an, a more expensive program to go through. Um, but it was worth it to me and for the kids that I serve. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, and being a, a, a role model is so important, especially when you're working with young ones. I know because if they're not saying much, they're watching and they're mm -hmm. watching your actions and who you are and, uh, and going there with a good heart and um, doing things that it sounds like that you're doing, I'm sure the the young ones will really catch on to that. That you're you're there with a, in a good way. For sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Chris, what what are your thoughts about you know how do we sustain this? How do we keep this going? Because um, I'm sure there's a few bumps in the road in the beginning and and. And you, sometimes you have to take two steps back to take three forward. What? How do you keep moving in, in a good way? That's something that Beth and Barb are continually looking for is for grants to help fund the project because it is it quite spendy for a cohort to go through. Um, they know that the Community Solutions Grant was refunded, so they will be applying for that in the fall. Um, and again, they're just continually looking for funders, looking for partnerships um, to keep this going. And so we have people that go through this and they, I guess they would be called alumni, right? And uh, so how do you work with the alumni and the people have gone through or going through this uh, program and process? Um, we do have an alumni program. So our first cohort, we did graduate 11 parents. Wow. The second cohort, we graduated 10. So they'll all be together for the alumni. And we'll have meetings on um, if they want more networking information, if they want more like for budgets, um, and for fundraisers, what we can do to look for connecting our past or prior participants to funders that are available now. And what's really neat is that our out of our first cohort, we did have two participants that are now our facilitators. So for the second cohort, they were facilitators in training, and they'll be going to the national training here next week to become officially 
uh, facilitators. I think we had one on the show. Uh, if I remember correctly, one of the young ladies, a parent became a facilitator and went through the, the program. I, I, I think from my, um, perspective that it's very important to have alumni involved because they've gone through the program and it's not as scary when you see somebody, um, that's gone through the program and in a good way to, um, to see that that they're still they're still doing it and there there's still positive things happening in their life as an alumni so that's that's really a great idea to have the alumni involved well i agree with my i agree with myself there chris <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know we only got a couple more minutes here uh you know why don't we melanie why don't you uh say a few words about you know how you feel and how how you came about this program um and you say you know our 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 friend down here in the cities uh uh you know uh, the lotus uh the lotus lady uh she uh is all over and doing good work and started up and she's kind of a person that you look up to how, how else how did you get involved um well like i said um when i joined ipli um mm -hmm. one of the components of the program um was to do a community project and um we were supposed to you know what is what is your passion like what what is your passion we had to think about and so i like narrowed it down i love working with youth i work in a school um, I've dedicated my entire career to working with kids and families, and I came across this program. It was uh, uh, yoga and mindfulness and meditation and social emotional learning, and it just, it was right for me at the right time. And um, yeah, I enjoy everything that I do with it, and I continue to work with kids, and yeah, and I am glad to be a part of the alumni. Yeah, that is awesome. So, you know, I just want to let everyone know for more information, you can visit at littlemomentscount.org. And, and what a great program. I'm going to uh, ask Chris if you want to uh, finish off this uh, segment in, in some good way and a good words that uh, that I, I, I'm always amazed in a good in a good way on all the great work that you guys are doing. Um, and I think it I really believe that 11 and 10 are really great numbers to start with and to build from because it'll just mushroom out. But uh, give us a give us a, a, a one minute here of how you feel and um, about this program. This program to me is just is so special because we're able to see parents come from all sides of our reservation, come together, mm -hmm. realize that they are important. What they have to say is important to find their voice, to have that confidence and seeing their personal growth again from when they first come in saying, what did I sign up for? To developing these relationships, to having more activity within their own community and just watching that, it it amazes me. It's like watching your child's first steps and you're so excited. And after each session, we would be really excited with what the participants have learned. Um, not only the participants were learning, but us as facilitators were learning as well. We would talk about what we just witnessed, um, kind of review what we needed to change. And it's, it's an emotional, rewarding experience. And I really feel that this needs to be in every Native community. Wow. Hey, I want to thank you to uh, Melanie Anderson and Chris Manning for stopping in. You're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake and A Little Moments Count. We'll be right back after the short break.
Attention art enthusiasts, experience Laura Youngbird's Indie Wisigindam, My Heart Hurts, a solo exhibition by Laura Youngbird presented by All My Relations Arts this summer. All My Relations Arts aims to foster connections between contemporary American Indian artists, preceding generations, diverse audiences, and the vitality of the American Indian cultural corridor. Laura Youngbird is a talented artist from the Minnesota Chippewa Grand Portage Band that uses the dress as a metaphor to address social issues issues, injustices, and biases. Through mixed media combining drawing, painting, and prints, Laura explores the dress as a powerful symbol in her work, revealing layers of meaning. Her series examines mixed emotions and themes like common threads, loose ends, and vulnerability. And you can see Laura Youngbird's Inde Wisigindam, My Heart Hurts, all summer through September 9th at All My Relations Arts in Minneapolis. Plan your visit and let the moving art speak to your heart. More information at allmyrelationsarts.org. It's 2023 and you might think COVID is behind us. Unfortunately, it is still with us and there are important steps you need to take if you or a loved one is at risk of contracting COVID-19. First, every home in Minnesota is eligible to order eight rapid at-home COVID-19 tests for free once a month at sayyeshometest.org. Even if you have ordered tests before, you can order again. You can do the nasal swab test anywhere and get results in about 15 minutes. If there's a positive test, treat symptoms with rest, fluids, and pain relievers. However, if you're over 65 or have chronic medical conditions, contact your healthcare provider immediately. Follow your provider's advice on care and home isolation. Watch for worsening symptoms or emergency warning signs. Your provider might suggest using a home pulse oximeter to monitor oxygen levels. If symptoms worsen or emergency signs appear, seek medical attention immediately. Find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. Your neighbors are talking about the Blue Line Extension, connecting North Minneapolis, Crystal, Robbinsdale, and Brooklyn Park to the light rail transit system. The Blue Line allows us to actually connect people in real time to this community. Instead of bypassing it, they're going to stop and shop. They're going to stop and play. They're going to stop and work. Blue Line is a connector. Hear more of this story and others at yourblueline.org. Hey, this is Robert Pilot. I taught in St. Paul Public Schools for over 25 years, and I want you to join the team and make a difference in our children's future. Right now, St. Paul Public Schools is offering hiring and retention bonuses up to $10,000 for a variety of teaching and classroom support positions for the next school year. Grow in a supportive and fulfilling public school setting. Limited bonuses are available, so don't delay. Apply at SPPS.org careers. Hi, Matt McNeil for Rudy Luther Toyota. You've heard me talk about the Rudy Luther Toyota We Buy program. Now hear from someone who's actually done it, me. Our kid's car, the 2006 Toyota Sienna, served us well for 17 years, but it was finally time to say goodbye. The We Buy program is really simple. I gave them some basic information. We set up an appointment, and after a quick verification, they gave me an estimate and a check, and they made me a generous offer. It was that fast. See for yourself. Try the Rudy Luther Toyota We Buy program at RudyLutherToyota.com. With your AM 950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for scattered thunderstorms tonight with a low around 62, Thursday partly cloudy with a high near 81, and Friday sunny with a high around 82. Discover the magic of Crooner's Supper Club. From the incredible shows to the cozy ambiance of Maggie's Lounge, there's no better place to spend an evening with friends, family, or that special someone. Crooner's Supper Club is located off Moore Lake and Highway 65, more at croonersloungemn.com. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition. What a coincidence. We have the CEO and president of the Native American Community Com- Clinic here in Minneapolis on Franklin Avenue and uh, rounding up by uh, getting a new building here and uh, really some exciting things happening. Thank you, uh, Dr. Stately, for stopping in. This is not your day, but I was on vacation and uh, had guest hosts, and I just want to give a quick shout out to... Uh, uh, State Representative Heather Keeler and Arviana for stepping in there uh, 
and doing a great show. And uh, and uh, we have Dr. Stately today. And uh, it's always good to see you, Mr. Stately, Dr. Stately. <laughs> Thank you. You as well. You were on, were you on vacation or were you celebrating your anniversary? Or both? We were celebrating the. It was both. Uh, we were celebrating yeah, nice. our anniversary, and nice. we were nice happy yeah. anniversary. Five days of no uh, telephone, basically, and no, nice. you know, not doing my other job nice. or doing the radio show. So that was, yeah. I'm usually have my phone attached to me. So it was good just to get a ro- away. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How, uh, um, so how long, how many years have you been married? Hey, wait a minute. I'll be doing the interview in here. Uh, 22 uh, <laughs> years, Dr. State. Oh, yeah, 22 years. years. Wow. Right, we've been together. That woman deserves some type of award because, like, I don't know how anybody could. Well, I manage. always tell I always tell Wendy. I said, you know, uh, I know you're a pharmacist, still have your license, and you're very smart. And I know you're smart because you married me. Oh wow! <laughs> oh, <laughs> or perhaps. She, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm just teasing. You can put no, some tobacco out to, for her every day. I will. I will. I pray hard for her. Actually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> giving her some extra, you know, some extra, um, you know, June for uh, for getting through. Um, yeah. No. So congratulations. That's wonderful. You guys are a lovely couple, actually. For you. Yeah. Hey. Uh, so you've been running around really busy, and I have this cat attacking me right now. So I have to like. Uh, I love uh, your cat with the whiskey voice. That's so uh, cool. Right. I'm gonna it's move the, my those. Little, uh, right looks, I think Lucy like. like, like a, look, for whatever reason, it looks like I have a thing on top of my head, like a wapesha, like you know. Oh, he didn't try and uh, do that. Oh. No, I didn't do I thought, purposes. how artsy is this guy? Look at it. He's got something coming no. out of his head. That is actually, like, um, this is really cool. This was a gift we got earlier, but maybe a couple months ago. About a month ago. Um, ben Blue made this for us, uh, a staff, an Eagle staff. So that when we do... Um, Powwows. When we do... Um, when we do, like, things like marches and participate in those kinds of things. and Are we, you know... Anytime we rolled it out the same day that we had our um, not rolled it out, but like the first time it made a public appearance was at our 20th anniversary celebration in May. Well, so, you know, yeah. those are powerful, too. Uh, I've been asked over mm-hmm. the years uh, to make a, a family staff. So when we are at uh, powwows and uh, things like that, that we can come out there and um, but yeah, it's it's a powerful uh, representation, and again, congratulations yeah. uh, for twenty years. That's uh, huge. And Thank you. Yeah, it's a big. Deal. And I know I know some of your plans, and I and I think the next twenty years are going to look pretty bright too, and help out the community. And uh, yeah, what, what more can you? <clears throat> I was just um, sorry I was late. I was talking to a reporter. Oh, um, not from NPR, no, right? No. No, we don't even say their initials, remember? Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> but I should tell you, in all um, honesty, I'm starting to do some things for that uh, that other station that we don't name by name. So, um, yeah, you know, it's like that's, you know, more of that same work I've been doing for the last couple of years. But um, all, all focused around conversations related to health and well-being mm-hmm. and COVID and impact of COVID. Um, <clears throat> but um, actually, who I was talking to right before I got on, which is why I was late, I was talking with some reporters from Minnesota Business Journal. They're going to do a piece on us, or Minneapolis Pub, uh, Business Journal is going to do a piece on our on our um, project, um, our expansion, the clinic expansion housing project. Um, they were actually in the, so Monday, I had a meeting at the city council um, or the city planning commission meeting mm-hmm. and our pre-application passed thank god we had some challenges um that we had to respond to from from folks in the in the neighborhood and in the community and i think you know they have some legitimate concerns some of them are in my opinion not um are, are not <clears throat> it's not that they're not legitimate concerns i think when i weigh the weigh them in the scale of sort of like some of the bigger issues that are true for my community i think i, I have some you know 
you know, legit um, pushback, I think. Like a couple of them are like not happy with the size of the building. The building is going to be seven or six stories tall, and it will be one of the tallest buildings on Franklin Avenue in this area along the cultural corridor at that point. But the other piece to that is, is like, you know, four floors of housing for our unsheltered relatives in the community, which we have some critical need around. Like, you know, one person was like, well, you're blocking my view. And I was like, oh, good Lord. <laughs> you know, um, you know should, should we should we keep people unhoused and not respond to a crisis in our community so that you can have a view, honestly? So anyway, some of that stuff is not, not legit, but we're going to address other concerns that they have around like traffic flow and density and a few other things. So and sa safety primarily. So not a whole lot we can do about density. So. Yeah, maybe you can uh, remind our audience, too. I think uh, we talk a, uh, a lot around it, uh, what you're doing. Uh, maybe you can just uh, give a quick synopsis of what you are and I believe Red Lake are partnering in. Yeah, so actually um, our clinic expansion is to just direct result of a lot of the work we've done over the last three or four years since the wall of forgotten natives people will remember that is one of the largest encampments that minnesota has ever seen up until that moment in time and it's um in its modern history so to speak <clears throat> and it, it was the quote unquote the largest um houseless encampment that they had ever seen um most of the people in that encampment were native mm -hmm. um and in, in that in that in that four or five years since the wall of forgotten natives we have seen you know houselessness become a much more bigger crisis even since then um uh native people represent about one third of the houseless population in the state so um anywhere between 27 to 30 percent depending on whose numbers you use and even though we're only one or two percent of the population so that's a pretty big disparate um disparity yeah. right there and then um but also in our clinic, we provide in partnership with Red Lake, we um, do, we have two tribal health um, programs that we operate in partnership with them. And that is the, uh, um, the intensive outpatient treatment program that we have. Uh, um, and then also we have a in-clinic um, medication assisted treatment administration or dosing clinic where we provide Suboxone to people who are wanting to get um, treatment for opiate use disorder. Um, and those two operations have significantly impacted the utilization of the space in the smaller building. So a couple of years ago when we purchased the building with a nice grant from the state, um, we had to, we made an intentional decision to pivot and build a new building because we had expanded so significantly and rapidly over the last three years that we, this, the building we purchased, which is the building we've been in for the last 20 um, years, is too small for everything we operate to get back, to come back in under one roof. Mm -hmm. And, um, that includes our traditional healing and cultural healing services that we do. We now have five cultural healers that work um, within our clinic, work outside of the clinic and do other things, community facing stuff. And then we have one spiritual care provider that goes to the Vivo Villages, which is a, um, a, a tiny homes village in Northeast that is run by Vivo. And we provide spiritual care services and other medical services there. And so we just have we've expanded so rapidly and so significantly that we need to build um, a modern, you know, a modern space. This building's about ready to fall down. It's kind of like a Frankenstein together operation. It's part of a strip mall. And it just, yeah. you know, I always tell people like you could go down any door, any hallway, and you could end up in an exam room, a closet or outside. <laughs> Like yeah. kind of like, <laughs> cause it's like a house of mirrors in here sometimes. So, yeah, I know so. I've gone through that door and where's Dr. Stately? And they said, well, he's down there. And it's like, how do I get there? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. And they're like, you got to go out the building right. and go around. It's like, exactly. it was like when I first got here in 2016, just before I got here, I started in December, 2016 and it was a winter time. Right. So like right before that we had just remodeled the, front side of the building on the western side like closest to the wolf um, sculpture and then also closest to the woodland bank and people used to have to exit 
the dental operation and go outside the door and in the middle of the winter and walk down to the other door and come into the clinic to go if they wanted to go for a medical appointment. And I was like, this is crazy. So the goal here is with this new building is we're going to build from the ground up a modern, um, you know, intentional building that's built specifically to our needs as a clinic, one that, um, you know, supports and incentivize into integration, a fully integrated clinic with spiritual care services centered right at the center of what we do. Um, really excited that um, figuratively and literally we'll have a separate space for cultural healing. And we're building four floors of housing above the clinic to support our houseless relatives so that they can have access to the services they need and they have state of stability and they can kind of get their lives back on track. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a, that's, a, I'm so excited for you. And too, uh, you know, that's thinking outside the box and thinking in a good way. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. And like, uh, like I always want to bring a, a bring around because Wendy always says, ask Dr. Stately what he wants to talk about. And so we'll do that the next segment. And, uh, you are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake and here we're with Dr. Stately, CEO and President and Executive Officer of Native American Community Clinic. We'll be right back. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Even though the public COVID-19 emergency might be over, it's still important to stay up to date on vaccinations. And if you're like most people, you probably need a refresher on who should get vaccinated and when. So here's the bottom line. If you're six years or older, aim for that one updated COVID-19 vaccine. It doesn't matter if you've had a previous vaccine or not, you're still in the game. Now, if you're 65 or older, you've got the green light for one extra dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. Just wait four months after your first updated dose and you're good to go. And for the little ones, children between six months and five years may need multiple doses, including at least one of the updated vaccines based on their age and previous doses. Remember, always stay informed and reach out to healthcare professionals for personalized guidance. Didn't catch all of that? You can find all of the updated COVID vaccine information at health.state.mn.us. That's health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's, Let's live, live and, and let howl. howl. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show. <laughs> oh, something happened. Oh, Haley, you're muted. What's going on there? You don't have a cat like I do over here, Haley. It looks like, okay, you're unmuted now. Go ahead, Haley. You're on. There we go. I am working off of my 2010 Apple desktop computer right now. So the Ooh. lag is 100% real. Uh, but yeah, sorry <laughs> about that. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. How? How? I was I'm gonna say talk that. about a leg, right? Talk about a leg. <laughs> I was gonna say that NPR guy didn't want to howl. Jeez, what the hell? Yeah, <laughs> it's not in my contract. Um, yeah. but actually, <laughs> like that was like an elder leg. That was like, oh, you know, because you know, <laughs> like you're you're like your apple. I'm also very old and you know not yeah. very functional. So, <laughs> oh, here, here. You know, I'm right behind you. Or wait, I'm ahead of you. Oh, yeah. wow. 
I sent you I sent you some pictures of the renderings that we just finished up this week. So um, you'll notice, like, I don't know if you can actually show these on the screen now that I think about it. You'll notice oh. that you'll, like, so uh, true story, true story. Oh. So, like, you know, the architects did these renderings for our project. And we're, like, <laughs> and I was, like, um, we're, like, all the people in these renderings are white and very light skinned. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and what they said was, um, they were like, well, I go, can we like get some people of color in this, you know, in this, in these drawings and like, you know, because we're serving Native people and they're like, um, well, apparently like you can't change the color of the person's skins. I said, hold up, hold up. Is this a real thing? I said, like, you can change the color of the building, you can change, <laughs> like, you can do all this stuff in the actual, like, the um, the rendering, um, you know, the um, the software that they use for the building architectural thing. And I said, like, but you can't actually change the skin tone of the people? Like, that's really crazy. So I was like, this, this is not going to do because we we're actually putting the renderings together for the... Um, for the um, open house, I said, like, I can't put these out here on the during our open house. So the so the lead architects went back and they like found pictures that they were able to sort of like clip and put in because they couldn't change the skin tone on the people that they had populated with. Um, but I was then we pull them up and we pull them out of the box and we're like, there's like some of the actors from res dogs in here <laughs> <laughs> populated i was like i don't know if we can actually publish these <laughs> so i anyway, see somebody uh an elder that looks uh in the back by a tree with a microphone that's pretty interesting too or yeah i think that might be you actually yeah. i was gonna say thank you doing my <laughs> Doing the it's show from behind it, the yeah, tree. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. We're we're all moving above Knack. <laughs> we're just all roommates living up there. Well, I was just going to say, uh, I was just going to say too, Haley, it's like, well, this is probably a rendering of a few years from now because I'll be plugging in that microphone in a tree and thinking I'm having a radio show. You know, I'll be at that point in my yeah. life. Yeah. Oh, well, actually, you know, we're going to put like... um so in our parking lot, we're gonna put like uh, electric EVs charging stations back there. We'll put a we'll put a outlet in a tree so that you can broadcast your show from our parking lot. There you go. In the winter. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh. You know, we can all live. We can all live on the on the top floor. You know, like the penthouse. Yeah. I don't no, know how I'm... much penthouse you're gonna get in affordable housing, but the point is. <laughs> Right. I'll <laughs> bring my know, sleeping we could all bag. Go up the marinas. Yeah, we could be like friends, the native friends um, oh. episodes. Yes. Gather in marinas and have coffee and I don't yeah. know, friends. Well, yeah. how far is it from uh, uh, from your old place? Uh, it's a few blocks down or? No, we're building this building right in our parking lot, right in front of our building. So oh. it will be the build. The building process is going to be challenging for sure. Wow! Because we're going to close off the parking lot and dig a big, huge hole, and then put up a six-story building on top. And that will be a that will be a you know a, a, what do you call it like a design and architectural feat to do that as well as a, <laughs> a building feat. Because um, but it's accomplishable. It's going to be, you know, we're gonna, the clinic is going to have to adjust. The staff are going to have to adjust. The patients will have to adjust, and so will our, so will our neighbors around us will all have to adjust during the twelve to eighteen months that we're actually building. But I think, you know, the building, you know, the rendering you see is like a really beautiful interpretation of some of the things we want to accomplish. And you know, anything that is wonderful and beautiful and worthwhile is worth. Um, a little bit of discomfort and a little bit of suffering for, right? You know, th this right. is why we go to ceremony. Like all of our ceremonies involve like giving something up, giving some, giving up comfort, giving up, you know, and enduring some, you know, some pain, some suffering so that the people can live and also so that like we can emerge on the other side um, uh, with abundance and beauty and, um, you know, um, and, uh, 
you know, a stronger, stronger people. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, with my bad knees, I'm sure I'll get some sort of free pass to the pool where I can do some laps. Uh, yeah, well, we'll send you down the road to the community pool because we're not actually putting a pool in here. <laughs> I was hoping a kiddie pool on the roof or something. But we could put like um, we could put like a little puddle of water in front of the pool and you can kind of like dip your toes into. But only if like they're only if you've clipped them because, you know. Oh, you've heard, you've heard yeah, about them. Like you know, we are serious about taking care of your hooves here. It's a real thing. My, uh, excuse me, my sacred hooves, please. Yeah, your that's sacred hooves, exactly. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Sacred is like in quotes. Sacred oh, hooves. Oh, uh, hey. So, what is the uh, uh, the the date that we're looking for the finished product? We're hoping to break ground in one year from right about now. That's it. that mm -hmm. means you know we're going to be looking to sort of close some of the financing. Our low low income housing tax credit applications go in this month and next month, and we will hopefully um, get funded the first round. Um, new market tax credits um, also go in at the same time, and all that sort of funding will sort of kind of align hopefully by the end of December. Um, I do have a, like a. I, I have a small gap in funding to fill with philanthropic and other sort of support. Um, small meaning like about 1.9 million, but we're going to get it accomplished. Um, we're already out there pounding the pavement and talking with people. Uh, lots of people have lots of interest, um, you know. Um, and the goal is to break ground in the first quarter of 2024 and complete the build by the end of 2024 first or second quarter of 2025 and we'll open up um you know towards the end of 25 or early 26. So. wow that's that's exciting and that's a, a legacy that you're going to be leave, leaving because you know you're going to be uh close to retirement when it comes to when that's finished uh probably not but yeah i mean i'm you know they, I, I don't know a whole lot of Indians that retire. I know a whole lot of Indians who like work up until the day they die. That's what I. Yeah. Mean. Like, no, I have like my mom did that. My aunt did that. Right. My father did that. Like you know, which is not exactly what I want to do, but I don't think I'm ready to retire. I think I have probably a good six or seven years left, and then I'll do it. You know. Yeah. Well, you're in good shape, and uh, your your yeah. mind is sharp, and we always have a really good little comedy show going here i think we should put on the road here open up for uh the the, the native comedian someone yeah yeah, someone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey peeny geeky dr stately and native american community clinic and uh great words and great opportunities and thank you for stopping in as always hey if you're listening to this show you're part of the resistance from chief plenty coops the ground in which you stand on is sacred ground we need to resist divest, join a group, run for office, and vote. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. Free Leonard Peltier. Now. now.